Welcome to a very special episode of Run Amok with Rex and Chuck. We've gathered uh, in, in not our usual broadcast time here on a Friday afternoon because all three of us have just seen the most recent Star Wars epic, Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. And we decided to gather together for a special episode to talk about it. I, of course, am Chuck. Alongside me is Nate. Hello. And Sith Lord Rex. Hello. So... Sith Lord Rex, since you are undoubtedly the most diehard Star Wars fan here, <laughs> yes, I'd like to hear three. some of your notes and comments first. Okay, so if you're listening on the podcast, go ahead and just pause it right now and come back to it after you've seen the movie. I don't want you to have anything spoiled. Right. If you're watching live on Facebook Live with us, we hopefully made a sign that is easily... Legible. Legible. So... Be aware that that's what's coming. Yes. Um, if you're watching this at a later point, we are definitely talking about spoilers today. Yes, indeed. All right, so your question to me was... I just want to, you know, what are your most immediate reactions right. to The Rise of Skywalker? Mm-hmm. The two and a half hour cinema epic you've just witnessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like you said, we literally just saw it. We got in our cars and drove straight here. So this really is unprocessed feelings and emotions. Mm, Raw. Very raw. Uh, I liked it. There's so much to process still. There was so much going on in this movie. And I think I told told you as we were walking out, the only my only critique of the movie is just trying to cram so much into one movie. I felt like it could have been done as like a two-parter like they did with Avengers um, Endgame and whatever the other one was called. Infinity uh, War? Infinity War, yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, in an age where there are so many movies that do that, that take their finale and split it in two, I'm actually really glad they did it this way. Because that doesn't always end well. Like, when the Hunger Games did it, right, they took their oh, last yeah. episode and they split it into two movies. Hmm. The first of those two really accomplished nothing. I've never seen It was seen a those. huge waste. And then you go see the second of the two, and it's like, oh, this is how the story actually ends. Mm-hmm. Gee, I'm glad I watched this one. You know, and well, you know I have how I feel about the Avengers movies. We don't have to sure. <laughs> go down that trail <laughs> Not today. Too far. Not too far. Um, so I'm glad that they actually delivered a conclusion to this trilogy in one in one final movie. They did, and you know, given the lack of, I mean, given the lack of substance and story development in. Uh, episode eight it was actually very they had a lot to do and they did it i feel like in in a lot of time fairly effectively yeah now that is one really valid point that rex makes they did have a lot to accomplish in the scope of one movie because not only um does the rise of skywalker have its own story to tell and do its own hard work of of advancing the narrative of the you know ray finn and poe story arc while still hitting on those high nostalgia notes and bringing back characters and images you might recognize we've all probably seen lando calrissian in the previews at least Uh, he has a pretty prominent role in the movie too just so you know Mm -hmm. um it also had to kind of repair and explain a lot of episode eight and in watching this movie i think i i realized finally what i hated so much about the last jedi i mean there's a lot to hate about it don't get me wrong it was the most (laughs) i'd say nakedly political out of all of the disney star wars movies but Mm. what i probably hated most about it was that it it felt like they were trying to really sever the ties with 
the original trilogy and the prequels and, and really tell the audience this is a this is our own thing now. This is what Star Wars is now. It's all new. The connections to the past don't matter. You know, this is where the new Star Wars really begins. Hmm. But it did it in such an obnoxious way. Interesting. In a way that basically was trying to tell the audience like you shouldn't care anymore about the old characters they're done they're not even who you remember them to be right luke skywalker in episode eight is a totally different luke skywalker from return of the jedi he went from being the symbol of hope and optimism in the rebellion to this like bitter old man who lives in fear on an island and who hates the jedi order and everything it stood for and views them as a, a league of failures essentially this movie rise of skywalker goes back and it doesn't retcon anything like it accepts episode eight as part of the story it doesn't try to rewrite it but it does kind of repair it um i i guess it does rewrite sort of one part of it where you know they had said that that ray's parents are nobody right they kept that true in this one but they kind of tried to explain that away i think they said oh well they were nobody because they were trying to be and it turns out her parents were actually somebody Right, that there was a lot more to her story that we weren't being told. Yeah. So it took all of the really awful things that Ryan Johnson did to Star Wars and said, "Let's try this again." Mm-hmm. Without the oops. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree with most of that. I mean, there was I, I didn't necessarily hate you know the Last Jedi, but I definitely had a lot of problems with it, and I think that this definitely addressed most of those um, pretty well. What specific problems do you guys feel were addressed? You've both said that you feel like this movie, The Rise of Skywalker, has addressed some of the issues that you found with the previous one. Like, what what has been, like, explained away or explained in a way that you understand? Well, like I said, I felt like Last Jedi tried to sever itself from the old movies and again, just a really obnoxious and, like, haphazard sort of way you know, they, they shoot Leia out of a ship into the dark vacuum of space. And of course she, you know, suddenly gains like uses the force magical flying powers and keeps herself alive and and flies to safety and goes on life support and all that. But, um, you know, they, Kylo Ren has that classic line of like, Oh, you know, you have to get rid of the past, kill it. If you have to, you know, something like that, Mm -hmm. which I think is a statement, almost like a mission statement for that entire movie. Rise of Skywalker really kind of repairs the relationship between this current trilogy of Star Wars movies and the old ones. And and it, it, it brings back a lot um, in a way that is more than just like a cheap pop of nostalgia. It brings back a lot of the themes and storytelling techniques that, that defined the original movies in such an effective way. You know, one thing I thought walking out of the theater was like, wow, it's really not that hard <laughs> to make a good Star Wars movie and to do this well. Right. And I, I don't know what got into Ryan Johnson's head that he thought he, he had to do all of these things that would subvert everybody's expectations and, and, and really try to make the starting point for the new Star Wars. But, but man, this movie did that, but also gave it a place in the original story arcs of of the skywalkers and han solo and all that yeah um and and it gave it a good place and set it up well for the future and i just thought man it's what made those old star wars movies so good it wasn't just the creature design it wasn't just the ships and the space battles although those things were awesome of course but it was a story defined and shaped by hope and optimism and it was a story about 
victory because of the close friendships and relationships that were there because Han cared so much about Luke that he went out into the ice planet and found him because they cared so much about Han that they stormed Jabba the Hutt's palace and got him out of his carbonite prison. It was a story about how they, as a fellowship, overcame the Empire and won that war. And The Rise of Skywalker is essentially that story told in a new way. Um, and, and they're not they're not bashful about admitting that, right? Because right. what comes out at the end, they, they hug and, and they talk about how they did it together. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's the big lesson that comes down from Lando was, oh, we didn't have much, but, you know, we had each other mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. fought for each other. Um, so it's it's really a return, not just to the, the, the visuals or the characters or the, the music, which actually a lot of the old score from John yeah. Williams comes back in this one that I Beautiful. don't think I heard in. Last Jedi, not a no. lot. No. So it's not just a return to the aesthetic, but it's a return to the st- the themes that mm. made Star Wars so great in the first place. Yeah, that's good. And and also, uh, they I felt like they did a lot of um, respectful sort of nods to the past. Um, I mean, obviously they brought out you know they brought back some old characters. That was a key element of the of the story. Um, but they again, like Chuck said, they did it in a way that was not disrespectful. It was more of an homage. It was more you know, recognizing this is where we came from and it's part of our, it's part of the legacy of this particular, uh, story arc. And it, it's, I mean, I felt it was just, it was well done. It also completely repairs the character of Ray, um, and of Kylo Ren because in, in the last Jedi, it just, mm. it was so messy, you know, and, and it got so goofy. Yeah. And in this movie, like for the whole first act, I was on the edge of my seat because I'm like, wow, Kylo Ren is, he's like the Sith bad guy I always wanted him to be. Right. You know, force whipping people around the room. Right. <laughs> he has this evil look kind mm-hmm. of given back to him. He feels like a real threat again. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Ray finally goes from being sort of, I don't really want to borrow the cliche term, but I guess I will. But she goes from being sort of this ham-fisted Mary Sue Jedi who mm. doesn't really have to work for anything. She just has all these force powers all of a sudden and, you know, has in a day what Luke Skywalker had to train with Yoda for months and months and months to accomplish. Mm. Mm. In this movie, you actually see like her struggle and you can relate with her on such a deeper level now because you've seen her try and fail and you've seen her get frustrated and you've seen her get confused and they oh man this movie did it in such a better way because how did they do that in the last jedi she went down into like a deep cave that was never explained and snapped her fingers and suddenly there was a million that was right so an dumb. infinite hall of mirrors yeah that was that was like an old pirates of the caribbean tri- yes. thing yeah something from one of those old johnny depp pirates movies and it was just sort of shoehorned in there it, the way they told that story in this one was actually effective like you saw her going through training and actually not being able to do it and well and he, and that he literally meant something he literally did another scene where when she was on the destroyed death star and she saw the throne and then she goes in that side room and then ends up facing herself yeah like that was what i think the mirror thing was supposed to be yeah like it was supposed to be her confronting the the dark side or confronting like the darkness within herself which is a callback by the way to luke's training i believe in oh, empire sure. that he he like goes into this old ancient tree yeah, and he ends up seeing himself of course. fighting himself yeah it's beautiful yeah it it's much of it was like an homage to the originals. It was. And yeah, some people are probably going to be upset that it just feels like they're pandering to 
the old fans while still basically producing what really comes to be kind of like a a new generation of fans like right it's it it's geared towards young adults i think the the way that star wars has always been is is not over the top graphic or violent or bad language or whatever it's meant to be easily accessible right and i think that they're continuing that and i think there's probably going to be a lot of 40 50 year olds who are thinking this movie is just stupid and blah 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 but when you go back and look when they were you know 20 years old when the movie came out the original trilogies came out these movies were not the terminator or alien like these movies were a lot more accessible to people right. like a wider audience yeah they did a lot of people are going to be talking about this the rise of skywalker as a disappointment because they were hoping for something a little bit maybe more gritty um yeah but i, I don't know i feel like if you want that then you're just in the wrong franchise. I yeah. mean, you named some other ones that really fit that mold, like Alien, you know? Like, yeah. if you want a gritty, dark space drama, like, go watch Prometheus, you know? Right. Uh, but that's the point I'm trying to make, is I think there's just... I think we're going to see a very split audience. Maybe. Mm. If anybody walked away from this and had that sort of attitude, like, oh, it it was disappointing because it wasn't... It wasn't this like it didn't you know push the envelope enough or whatever then mm. then I think you're just you're sort of disappointed that your wishful expectations weren't met right and that's really not the way to address this movie like no I I don't typically enjoy you know just sort of flashy like you know I really don't enjoy comic book movies but just sort of flashy like you know big ships and space battle and stuff kind of movies you know my yeah. favorites are movies like um Lincoln and, and, and True Grit and Darkest Hour and right. things like that more that are subtle. a little slower and yeah. more dramatic and and they're told mostly through like character dramas and stuff like that but yeah. but I still found a lot of ways to enjoy this movie because I'm not judging it by those standards right mm-hmm. like I'm judging it by the standards of a summer blockbuster which I know we're in winter but <laughs> yeah. still it has that feel yeah. but I'm kind of judging it by those standards and by those standards it is an exceedingly good movie like mm-hmm. the story now this is one point rex that i think you made that is somewhat valid is that the story moves at like a breakneck pace so you almost feel like you actually can't leave your seat to go to the restroom or Correct. to get a refill on a drink or something and because I did there's not. so much happening all at yeah, once for that reason now it might have been a little bit better if they let some stuff breathe because that's that's really when it settles into your mind and 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 you can kind of pick it start to pick it apart and it really takes on new meaning um but it does move at a really fast pace for two and a half hours and in a in a way in a way that almost made it kind of more fun um but also if, if you're the kind of person who doesn't buy like dramatic or convenient timing in a movie this movie <laughs> this movie's going to be hard for you to enjoy oh yeah there's right? a lot of that yeah like if you're going to sit there and go oh they couldn't have gotten from this planet to that planet that fast that's ridiculous they just did that for the plot <laughs> right. then feel free to sit there with your arms crossed yeah um you kind of have to accept some very convenient timing of events for this movie to really work that the all whole... the ships show up at the last minute just when they're supposed to and and that oh they just yeah, I guess we were on this planet. We're on this planet now. You just have to sort of accept that, yeah. you know. Um, 
and they're not going to show you how they got there all the time or, or take the time to explain it to you. But, but in a sense, that's good because the movie really doesn't waste any of your time. Right. Uh, which is one of my main complaints about a lot of the Marvel flicks is I feel like they just waste so much of my time when they're trying to tell me the story. Um, Another thing this movie really cut down on that I was really happy about was just like the quipping and just the obnoxious Marvel style character interaction. There wasn't really as much of that. Um, You know, there were still a lot of like cute things in the movie, like the droids and the little aliens and stuff. But it was somewhat less emphasized in this one as opposed to The Last Jedi and even The Force Awakens. It was there, but it wasn't like central to the movie. There just wasn't as much like wacky antics, Mm -hmm. you know, that poe or finn had yeah it was good Um, it gave some of the gravity back to the star wars mode of storytelling that it has desperately needed since the force awakens came out characters that were supposed to be important and cool look important and cool for the first time since they were introduced back in episode seven you know like i said kylo ren in my opinion like he looks cool for about the first half of force awakens and then for some reason it sort of wears off in this movie he's like super cool again like mm. he really becomes the villain that you want him to be yeah um it's not like he's just some emo kid like they kind yeah. of put him out to be now you're like no he's like he's set like yeah. he's going to get this done even though that's not what happened. Right. Like, I mean, that's but, a central But it was more lines. believable yeah. that he wanted to, you know, to be the, the not the emperor, but the, the commander of the First Order. And, like, basically, yeah. he wanted to rule the galaxy. Yeah, he did, yeah. And he wanted to do it brutally, and yeah. he didn't care. Yeah. And you believe that. You didn't have to make him seem all like his emotions were on his sleeve to understand that he still had turmoil. Right. That yeah. there were still things he was dealing with. Like, they, they didn't cheese it down so much like they did in The Last Jedi. And it made it... it, I think that part paid off a lot. I think getting to know a little bit more about him and and being able to have him just be a little bit more focused and, like, direct with his own agenda made a huge difference in making it uh, a much more likable villain. Yeah. Do you feel like this one was predictable? No, I I don't think so. I mean, there were parts that I was like, okay, yeah, they're going to have, like when Lando comes back, it's going to be this big thing. Or um, when they had Leia, I kind of expected they were going to send her off. Cause there was the moment where like, you know, they were, I think I forget the exact line. It was like, it was like go in peace or something or, or may the force be with you. I don't know. Um, mm. Princess, like you will always be right. Or the princess or whatever. And like, that was to me expected and very like a very clear homage to the actress herself right right and allowing the cast and the and and just this all the star wars fans to have that moment of like like a thank you for everything you've done for the movies yeah that was interesting too because i mean this movie has come out so many years after her past well not so many but at least what a few right it's been yeah i, I think she's only been a year ago for two or three years yeah i thought so two been years two, or th- two? two okay. years two years yeah. so she it, passed right before the last one came out okay so yeah so it, it made me wonder oh wow did they like did they film all of these at once or at least you know they got the majority of filming done before that they might happened. have that's how they did a lot of the lord of the rings yeah, shooting. it makes sense is they'd film it out of sequence yeah yeah which is good. I don't. I don't know. They might have had a bunch of extra shots they didn't use, mm. and then maybe even took shots of her, 
from a whole different scene and then just took her oh, interesting. and green screened her in. Yeah. But it's still her saying those lines, but yeah. maybe from a different thing. And then they had the right lines that go with it. Well, I, I really and at least know. it wasn't CGI. I mean, thank it God wasn't, for that. It know? wasn't. Yeah. Although, except there, there was the Luke and Leia when they were younger. True. That yeah, was CGI. Yeah. Aging Which thing. was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's Disney's fine. pretty into that. I don't mind that. <laughs> I don't mind that in very small doses. Well, they did it nicely. They did it like right. half the time they were wearing helmets. So mm-hmm. you, they didn't have to do it, but you knew it was them. Yeah. Yeah. And then when they lifted the visor, even then it was only like half their face. It wasn't yeah. like you're seeing everything. Exactly. And it was in the dark. And it was dark. Yeah. And like they did a lot of things to make it a little bit. So they yeah. covered it. Yeah. yeah. All right. So what was your... You you asked that question. Was there something that was really predictable to you? Um, I mean, only in certain scenes. So, like in the final battle, right? Uh, ben gets thrown into that spooky chasm yeah. by the emperor, yeah. and you you just kind of know right away, like, well, that's not the last time we're gonna see him. Of course, right? He's not dead. Um, his you know Kylo Ren's death would surely be given a bit more gravitas than this, right? The Lando return was already revealed in the previews, but yeah, you kind of knew that he was going to swoop in at the end with the Falcon, and you kind of knew. Although, I don't know. I guess I didn't know for sure that like that huge fleet of ships was going to show up at the end. It was a surprising amount of allies. Yeah, I halfway kind of expected it. Like, oh, that'll happen. You know, they'll get the help they need Mm -hmm. at the end. Um, but they they teased it long enough that I started to think like oh maybe they won't right yeah. like maybe Poe dies yeah and and maybe that's the end of his story is that he like finally ascended to the rank of general but his hot headedness you know overcame him to the sure. point of death sure. and he led this big suicide mission and and you know dies a hero but yeah. um, they didn't do that you know all those ships show up at the end which I guess they should and of course the second the fleet showed up I kind of knew that oh. Um, you know, that, that girl who all of a sudden was introduced in the, the faceless armor. I can't yes. remember the character, uh, Kizo or whatever. Her starts name with is. a Z. Uh, Zico or whatever her name is. Yeah, uh, something like that. You know, it was like an old love interest to his. She was the one who led them through that yeah, I can't remember snow it. planet. But in any case, um, once that fleet of ships showed up, I kind of knew like, oh, watch, she's going to be in there. Oh, it <laughs> was, she was. It was Zori. Um, and Zori. The, yeah, Zori. and the, the actress was Carrie Russell, who I was trying to think of earlier, and I couldn't place the name, even though the, the voice was one of those things that you usually remember you know, yeah. if you've seen her in anything. But so like those things were kind of predictable. But in terms of big major plot points, I have to admit the movie did a pretty good job of keeping me kind of on my toes because they they didn't do like the the ray goes to the dark side tease in such an obnoxious way. They actually told that I don't know if subtlety is the right word for it, um, but they were able to use like instead of just directly dictating that story to you, they were able to use fight scenes and just her attitude and and slight character changes yeah. to really start to flesh that story out. Like when Kylo Ren or Ben goes to meet her on that ship and there's all those huge waves crashing, you know, and he meets her in the old death star, watch that scene. And you tell me who looks more like they are ready to be a Sith because he doesn't come out with his weapon drawn and she sees him and immediately takes her lightsaber out. Mm -hmm. And even when he does take his lightsaber out, it doesn't look like he's actually fighting her to kill her. He's just sort of, he's not trying to hold out and defend himself. And she is trying to, you know, beat him to death with her lightsaber. Um, And then finally, when he has a a brief moment of weakness because Leia is communicating with him through the force, Mm -hmm. 
she kills him. Yeah. So he's defenseless and she kills him. Yeah. And in that moment, I actually was like, that's wow. it yeah. right there. That's, that's where Ray turns to the dark side. Exactly. Yeah. And now she's going to go to Palpatine and she's going to take the deal and she's going to become this evil empress. But, you know, Ben, like the goodness in him will come out and they'll do this double turn where right. now Ben is like the central hero and he kills Ray. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> Um, that that didn't happen no, either. No, because eventually she goes to the emperor and spoiler and she alert. doesn't take the deal. Now the only thing I was left wondering at the end of you know that final scene where they do kill the emperor and the whole yes. Sith temple empire. Right, I right. guess I don't know if they'll ever explain who those like legions of people were in the stands watching yeah, the fight. If they were, or just even like, really who the Knights of Ren are. Well, because they just sort of appeared. Yeah, but they're they were just like Kylo's personal bodyguard that he trained. When, yeah, they? that's kind of that's how pretty, they explained it. Yeah, yeah. I thought so. All right. Well, I guess then, I can but obviously they but. were more loyal to the, the ways of the Sith. Than, yeah, yeah. Than to him. Well, at some point in the movie, they just stopped appearing. No, he killed. No, them. he killed them. He killed them. Yeah, yeah. Did they I came. Miss that scene? They came after. I mean, maybe. Oh, maybe yeah. that's when that's you jumped when you over. Oops. When you went to the restaurant. In any case. Yeah, it was good. Actually, it was good. The Emperor told Rey, if you strike me down, my spirit and the spirit of every Sith will enter you. Right. Now, she doesn't kill him out of hatred. Like, she didn't lash out at him. But she does kill him. Right. Exactly how he wanted her to. Right? So, what happened to all those Sith spirits? Is it because she didn't kill him out of hate? Correct. Yeah. She's protected somehow. Well, I think it just depends on what path she's on. Like, if she, I think that at, if at any point if she decided, oh, you know what, I do want to be a Sith, right? That she could work towards a, that that communion with them. Like, yeah, the, the I, character's I think that's, open to a little bit of it's it's open. They left it open a little bit to to the future if they if they felt like you know doing anything with that character. Yeah, yeah. and there still is a lot of mystery surrounding some parts of the story mm. and i guess that i appreciate because that gives them something to build on so finn tells ray early on in the movie oh i because they thought they were going to die yes um, and he tells her Quick oh sand. you know there's something i never told you and it sounds like he gets the first letter out mm. but then they like get sucked under this special quicksand or yeah, whatever and sinking sand and he never actually gets to say it nope. and i kept waiting for a part in the movie where they're alone and he tells her something like oh, you know, uh, I can use the force or, you know, Rex thought he would say, I've always loved you, Yeah, you know, and make it this big soapy, sappy confession. Thank God that didn't happen. Um, But they never reveal (laughs) what he was going to tell her. So there's a little bit of mystery there. Um, So that wasn't so predictable. But there's also no payoff. So I don't know which one's better. Hmm. Um, You know, and Finn's character development is not super predictable. It's not like he becomes a different person or anything in this movie, but he starts to tap into like abilities and leadership that he doesn't display. Well, there was one thing in they the other changed. Two movies. Mm. They completely took away his cowardice. True. That's true. Yeah. It was just not existent Where in this movie. Like, yeah. he, like much like Kylo Ren, mm. he no longer had this very overt um visual easily visualized like back and forth with himself. Like he was like, "No, I'm I'm committed now." And I think they tried to explain that at one point where he's like I didn't really believe in the force, but now I do. When he was talking to that other ex stormtrooper, yeah, I think that's when. Where were they at that point? They uh, were on a ship. Yeah, 
I think okay, like yeah, a yeah. safe. Uh, they might have even been on the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, it was yeah. when Ray was going to yeah. to go get the little uh, locator thing from yeah. the Death Star. But yeah, Evidently so that was like halfway through the movie, right? But like halfway through the movie, they kind of explain like, no, he's like, I'm, I believe in this now, and like, I'm not. I mean, he doesn't say it, but you you just see it. He's right. no longer on the fence. Like, so he's sort of the Han Solo. Well, for these new movies, because Han no. Solo also he wasn't a coward, right? But his ally, his allegiances were not. He did with tend to run the rebellion, right? And he yeah. took off, and then he comes back. I think at the end of A New Hope to save Luke, right? And even in Jedi, there's some questions I think about. You know, is he really going to be into this? Is he really a part of this? And then he ends up proving himself in the end. Now, in Episode Seven, he too admits that he didn't believe in the force that he had heard about the Jedi and that they were all legends. But then, and it was probably my favorite part of that movie leans in and says, it's all true. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. The force, the light side, that it's all true, you know? Um, so yeah, Finn has a little bit of that. Well, in that one aspect, yes, they've got a similar thing, but right. I, I wouldn't say that Finn is like the new Han Solo. Well, no, and There's so much more different. And that's, that's what's nice about the new movies is they don't, they don't, try to mirror just replicate. one character to another character so yeah. you can see you can see a lot of han in poe for obvious reasons but then you can see some of han's you know different like facets in finn just like you talked about chuck so and it's the same thing with so i thought it was beautiful how the story of ray and kylo sort of mimics mimics but also departs from and sort of reverses or turns on its head the whole thing of of the you know the the good side trying to be turned somebody trying to turn somebody bad from the good side and vice versa. Somebody who's on the dark side and, and somebody's trying to turn them to the light. And this whole thing of, I mean, that was in the original trilogy and it's done in a new way with these new movies, but in, in such a, it, it's, it's not only reminiscent, but it's also unique enough. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's start to put a cap on this. So, uh, real quick, we'll go one by one. Let's just say what we thought of the movie overall, but especially what we thought of the conclusion. And then I will ask one more question to bring our discussion to a close. So, Sith Lord Rex, why don't you go ahead and kick us off here? Sure. All right. I think overall it was a very enjoyable movie. It was fun to watch. The pacing was fast, but I, I was able to keep up with it, but I wasn't sure if everyone in the theater would keep up with it like do you you, how much of like going into this movie did you really have to kind of love what came before it Mm. to understand what was going on or to comprehend especially the first two scenes i felt like they just they jumped they jumped straight into it there was no lead in other than the scroll which i loved by the way yeah for like the first 20 minutes of that movie i was like this is how you start yeah a star wars (laughs) yeah it was yeah and it it was non-stop like there wasn't a whole lot of sitting around moping or or like having these like slow like emotional builds it was just this very intricate intertwining of like three or four different kind of story arcs that needed to be kept up with and because it wasn't like they departed from one and then left it alone for half the movie and came back like they kept going through all of it it's it's still probably not my favorite but it might grow into my favorite as time goes on as i get to process it more and get to just really relish in like wow like it, it really does complete the overall saga because it's really it's not even it almost feels like it's not about the skywalkers it's actually more about 
Darth Sidious, it's almost like it's his saga. Yeah. Because you're seeing the beginning of him mm-hmm. in episode one, which is like maybe the only important thing that comes out of episode one. And, and then, pod racing. And pod racing. And then you get to see his ultimate demise in yeah. episode nine. And yeah. so it really feels more like it's a a Darth Sidious movie than or series saga mm. than it is a Skywalker one. And I think That's interesting. I'm going to start to really enjoy it more for that mm-hmm. reason. Like I'm going to start, if I start seeing it that way, um, I'm definitely going to want to watch it again and see if there is more that I just didn't pick up on. And then I would say if I had to rank this one, it's at least top three for me. Okay. Yeah. A bold top three ranking. Nate, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, I really, really enjoyed it, too, uh, especially after having watched The Last Jedi the previous weekend, I think. I, I hadn't seen it, you know, since when it came out, so I just had to, felt like I had to catch up. I almost probably could have done without it and just kind of, you know, read a summary, <laughs> uh, which is not a great review of that movie, but that's neither here nor there. So, yeah, this movie was, was fantastic. I think it deserves uh, several rewatches to sort of, process it digest it um you know analyze different angles and different things um but it was a very well done conclusion to the saga hats off to jj abrams for you know doing such a great job with it especially after the previous one i think um you know it's just it's fantastic well i should sort of start my cap on it by just letting the audience know i really did not enjoy episodes seven or eight a whole whole lot um i thought episode seven was okay really just despised episode eight so i did not come into episode nine with the highest of hopes i actually thought this podcast was going to be mostly rex and i shouting at each other (laughs) while i tried to tell him how terrible these new star wars movies are and he tried to valiantly defend their honor yes but to my surprise we both walked out of the theater in agreement that this was really really good now don't get me wrong it's not a movie that i am going to go back and rewatch a dozen times or make time every you know year to watch like i do with some others it is not in charles's top five movies ever um but it is for what it is an excellent piece of storytelling um which is probably the most i can say for a movie that belongs to you know, sort of the the Star Wars Marvel genre. It really does a great job of advancing its story, of explaining the new parts, but also um, repairing the damage that was done by the movie that came before it. Now, like I said, those first 20 minutes, I thought this this is exactly how you're supposed to make a Star Wars movie because yeah. it, it doesn't it doesn't do what other movies do where it takes an hour just to set things up. You are right in the middle of the action from the very beginning. That was good. And the pedal to the metal pacing of the story does not let up until the very end. It has a lot of callbacks to the older movies without becoming just obnoxious, useless nostalgia and fan service. Yeah. Even though the last shot is of Ray, the newest Skywalker um, Mm. addressing her, her, mother and father as it were and in the force in in her jedi training and and assuming a place in that family on tatooine where Mm -hmm. of course the original trilogy began with that poor dirt farmer luke skywalker um it uses the nostalgia in an effective way Mm -hmm. which is a thing that probably not enough um movies especially 
you know, trilogy and, and legacy type movies like this one do. Um, so, you know, my overall review is that you really, if you were on the fence at all about seeing it, especially if you saw episode eight and didn't appreciate it, um, you really need to give this one a chance. I'll, f- you know, go with a friend because a movie like this is always best enjoyed with a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely take the time to go and see this one in theaters. Don't let this one come to you at home. It's still going to be good, but it won't be quite as good. This is a theater experience oh, kind of sure. film. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm very happy to say that for those two and a half hours, I was extremely edge of my seat entertained, and I loved every minute of it. So final question. If they're going to make an episode 10, where do they go from here? Hmm. What can possibly happen next? So Nate and I were doing a little thinking about this in the lobby right after the movie, and I kind of couldn't come up with an answer. I thought, well, I guess they could start to tell a story where Ray like rebuilds the Jedi order and some of what you see in the prequel trilogies where there's like a Jedi council and, and they seem to serve as like these galaxy wide peacekeepers and there's, you know, a Jedi Academy and there's training and there's rules and there's traditions. Like maybe she rebuilds that and sort of rebuilds the Jedi culture along with it. But then what's, what's the conflict Right. You know, who's the bad guy who's going to rise up and try to stop her? It would have to be something completely new. Mm-hmm. And you have a a heroine who has just defeated the most powerful bad guy to exist in the Star Wars universe. Right. So how are you going to come up with something better, bigger, faster, stronger? Yeah, how are you going to one-up that? It's, it's tough to one-up Mr. Palpatine there. So if, if you have inundated yourself with any of the the books, there is a lot going on outside of kind of their known space. There's there's contact with these other species that I guess could be a, an issue in the future for for all of our happy friends. Oh, interesting. But they're not ever mentioned in the movies. Sure, it's something that's only ever been in maybe the books or the comic books. Yeah. So you're talking about drawing from a, from the expanded universe, which I could see that. Yeah. One yeah, angle anyway. I think I remember when Disney bought LucasArts, they essentially said all that expanded universe stuff is... Well, they said none of it's canon it's until they canonical. want it to be. Oh, right. Exactly. So they could decide on any particular story that, okay, yeah, we'll bring that in. That's the problem, yeah. So they could. They could. But they probably won't. My guess is, is there won't be an episode 10 that if they're going to make anything it's just going to be these TV series like they've got the Mandalorian and right. then they're going to they're already Obi-Wan. recording the Obi-Wan yeah, yeah. Um, show and which I'm excited about is that Ewan McGregor again? it is it it's is. him okay. reprising his role interesting and then maybe they'll continue to put out like the He's standalone ones like Rogue One yeah Solo um, maybe they'll go back and do more an actual Obi-Wan movie maybe. if the show goes well so this you think this is the end Essentially, of the story know. that Star Wars has to tell. I think, I think that they can't Star really Wars go problem. anywhere yeah. with these nine episodes. I don't think right. that they can take that story and continue it. I think if they're going to make more Star Wars movies, it has to be something completely different. Yeah. Or looking at different characters' backgrounds. Like maybe they'll make a movie that's all about Finn growing up in, or maybe just a movie about people being kidnapped and recruited into the the first order mm. and just having that be like just 
maybe it's like a military like movie where yeah um it's more about that that grittiness of war there and, you go yeah and I the mean, struggle you do of doing evil when you weren't really wanting to be in the war to begin with and then maybe finn's like this random character you meet at one point and that's it but like hmm. it'd be based on like like rogue one was like it was just a completely new cast of characters yeah I mean, they did have some characters that were in, like, the Clone Wars and stuff, but it was new to the movie screen. You could do that, but none of that advances... Well, that's what I'm saying. ...the narrative. I don't so, think that we could advance this nine-episode narrative. I right. think it... Like I said before, I think this is the Darth Sidious narrative. It's done. Like, yeah. everything really has revolved around this fight between the Jedi and the Sith... But specifically, this one Sith. Right. It's been a lot of different Jedis, but it's been always this one Sith. He's the only character that's really been through all of the all nine movies, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Well, if no, you yeah, that's believe I mean, the, unless Jar Jar Banks is still around uh, somewhere. No, <laughs> if you believe the canon, yeah. I mean, it's it's funny how it does, in a way, not to derail us too much. It it feels in a way like that was a little bit out of left field, like you know, Palpatine, Sidious, uh, you know, was. I mean, that did kind of come, oh, okay, interesting, they're doing that. I mean, it makes sense in hindsight, but at the same time, if if you weren't really into the, you know, into the whole backstory in the first place, you'd kind of, you might be caught by surprise, like, um, didn't he die? And I mean, I understand, you know. Yeah. That's, die is, is, a, is a loose term we well, use these days, but. I forget which one exactly it was, but he does talk about, in one of the prequel movies, about a previous sith lord who had overcome death through like basically necromancy oh that's right or necro- yeah. necromatic magic you're right you know force power yeah you're right you're right so good good point there was the groundwork already there that yeah, that's fair it's possible to be resurrected or at least because i think part of that was that previous sith had tried to res or wanted to resurrect their significant other yes that's right and was successful that was the story he told to anakin to get him to turn Right. It was yeah. yes. It was basically saying, "Look, you've had these visions right. that Padme is going to die. You can save if her. you come yep. to the dark side. You yep. can save her." Yeah, I don't know. I I kind of hope that they that they're done. No, not that <laughs> oh. they're done. I actually hope the opposite. Really, that this isn't the end of the narrative that began on Tatooine with Luke Skywalker. Interesting. Like, I kind of hope that there's at least one more chapter to this story. And like I said, I think it would be cool if, if part of the story that you tell is that like Ray was the one who rebuilds like the Jedi culture with the temple and the Academy and, you know, a council and all that stuff. And, and really kind of restores the legacy of the Jedi and makes them relevant again. Um, I'd like to honestly know what the next step in Poe's story and what the next step in Finn's story, um, what those are going to be. I wow, but again, you know, but I do have trouble imagining what the conflict is going to be. Yeah, Maybe the best way point. to do it is, you know, Ray rebuilds all that stuff, and then there's some kind of conflict that comes from within that. Yeah, that you know, some ambitious student finds out about the Sith and says, "Well, maybe I want to go rebuild that instead." <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and another young Anakin dark side. But well, then I guess you just you well, the thing start telling the, the same story. Yeah. yeah. It, that, and it is, but that's also part of the whole Star Wars thing is that there is the balance between the yeah. force. Yeah. There was always light the Jedi, dark. but there was always the Sith. There's light and dark. Yeah. And the Sith were always stronger 
individually like because it mm. was a balance there was only ever i think it at one point was mentioned isn't there like the law of three that there can only be like three i think it was two there was oh, master and apprentice yeah. for yeah. sith there's yeah. only ever like two sith at yeah. one time yeah right two sith lords, lords. I guess. right yeah not just total yeah. and so they kind of balanced out but that's interesting know. i mean i'm surprised to hear chuck say that because of how you know we had a sort of established before that he was the least of the three of, the, of us, of least, least, of, least of a fan of the three of us, yeah. but now it's come sort of circled back around. So well done to this movie for doing that. That's <laughs> yeah. impressive. Yeah. Even I can't fully explain it. So in any case, um, I'd say we all give it a thumbs up. If you have the time go and, or even if you don't have the time, make the time go and see the rise of Skywalker. And no, none of us have been paid by Disney to say that, although we will accept money if they choose to send it. <laughs> sure. Well, I won't. These two will. Right. I'll take um, it. I'll take we your can share. get into that another time. Yeah. We can another talk episode. about Chuck's moral yes. conflicts with the Disney corporation, but in any case, uh, do go see it. It is a lot of fun. Um, if you have any children at all, take them to go see it. They'll probably enjoy it more than you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so this has been Sith Lord Rex and Nate and Chuck with the run amok with Rex and Chuck podcast. Um, we hope you've enjoyed listening to our talk about Star Wars. Hopefully by now you've seen the movie. And um, if you have any questions, feedback, or pushback, feel free to reach out to us at info at rarcpodcast.com or find RARC Podcast on any of the world's leading social media platforms. Yes, indeed. Have a wonderful day, and may the Force be with you.